2307 AD. Almost four months have passed since Celestial Being commenced its armed interventions. In that time, it has carried out over 60 of these interventions. Regardless of whether it is loved or hated, what matters is that people have had to acknowledge its existence. There were those who would rebuke Celestial Being and those who would affirm it. But when it comes to rejecting war, both sides find themselves in complete agreement. No one seeks conflict for its own sake. Of the three groups of nations on Earth, the Union and the AEU have announced that they will only take defensive measures against Celestial Being in conflicts that occur within their territories. However, since the conflict in Moralia, there hasn't been a single large-scale battle. This state of affairs has been brought about because of the superior combat abilities of the Gundam mobile suits. Although the incidents of bloodshed around the world continue to diminish, resistance against oppression by armed force has not disappeared. And now, a secret plan is being set in motion by the only group to challenge Celestial Being, the Human Reform League. Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that decided to give Gundam 00 a shot. My name is Jeremy. I have a secret fourth brother, who is also identical. So, a a quartuplet? Anyway, hi, I'm Tyler. It's relevant, don't worry about it. My name is Zach. So, Gundam 00, we're almost ten episodes in. There are too many characters. Are you going to forget any of them this time? I mean, probably. All right. I wasn't trying to remember them all last time. We didn't even mention ribbons. Or, or Alejandro Corner. Yeah, but or... uh, Marina Ismail was important in the last episode, and Jeremy forgot to mention her. Yeah, but what had she done before then? Be chastised by her yeah, tutor Yeah, I was say failed politics. <laughs> Not got solar power? I do that every day, Zach. I don't talk about how I didn't get solar <laughs> power for my nation. You don't? No. Huh, well... I guess I'm just more successful at getting solar power from my nation than you are. Uh, last week, the four fuckboys ended terrorism. Setsuna threatened Marina Ismail with Celestial being her. <laughs> and she did not seem particularly into it the way uh, Relina did for Hero. Yeah. Well, that's a spoiler for later. Never mind. <laughs> Lock-on hates terrorists. Tyria hates everything. Yeah. <laughs> there were swimsuits. Muragi hates being sober. Felt hates enthusiasm. All? I don't know that I felt hates enthusiasm. She just doesn't understand enthusiasm. I was say, just going to say that she doesn't have any enthusiasm. Except for, for her job. She's very devoted to the cause. But she's not enthusiastic about it. It's true. How do you know? Maybe she just doesn't show it. That's a good point. Christina hates inflation. That's from two episodes ago, <laughs> but it is canon. And Ian Vashti hates when Alleluia gets in his way. <laughs> so he cannot stare at Sumeragi in a swimsuit. There's also Sergei Smirnov and his daughter, Soma Pierce. They're part of the Human Reform League. He's not a colonel, but we call him a colonel because he's a lieutenant colonel. 
He's the most competent person in the series, I think. Maybe Sumeragi is as competent as Sergei Smirnov. I think when Sumeragi is sober, she's <laughs> as competent as Smirnov. So Smirnov is the most competent character in Double O. Don't forget legendary super composer Danny Eifman. Yeah, Eifman is also highly competent, but he's competent at science, so he's mostly competent off-screen. Whereas uh, Sergei, we have seen be competent both in him in the realm of mobile suit piloting, and we will see him be competent in this episode at tactics oh i thought you were gonna say in the realm of parenting <laughs> he seems to be pretty good at parenting too yeah he got his daughter into a nice school even though she shot up a space elevator <laughs> although we're actually find out he's a very bad parent that's also a spoiler you can't be that bad he's raising soma yeah well you know your second one's always better than the first you learned so many lessons i guess that says a lot about us doesn't it i don't have any kids no, but nope, we're all the firstborns. First. Oh. Yep. <laughs> you know, I wasn't considering that, but yeah. <laughs> all right. So we are watching episode nine today, The Honor of a Great Power. You can watch along if you want on Crunchyroll or Hulu if you pay for Hulu, like a square. But they have live sports, Jeremy. Cool. <laughs> we start in a graveyard. Spooky. And we see Lock-On bringing a set of flowers to a grave, but there are already flowers there identical flowers and he's like who would bring flowers could it have been him and then he stares at a forest and in the forest it's also also lock on on. in the same suit (laughs) but this one doesn't have an umbrella it's a ghost of lock on past (laughs) tonight you will be visited by two lock ons and a (laughs) horror no see the thing is what the series hasn't told us yet is he's got a similar issue to uh uh hallelujah But his manifested in such a way that he actually created a second body for his second personality. Oh, I was going to say it's like and a Tyler... quantum brainwaves. <laughs> and quantum brainwaves. I was going to say it's like a Tyler Durden situation where he just thinks there's another lock-on standing in the woods. Or maybe the lock-on in the woods only thinks there's another guy walking through the cemetery. <laughs> it's hard to tell which is which. So that's our cold open. That guy will not be in the rest of this episode. <laughs> Nor will it be mentioned... <laughs> I think it's kind of mentioned. It's semi-relevant. It's not mentioned, but it is talked around. Yes. Oh, you mean that scene where uh, Lock-On's sitting behind a big desk and he's like, what can I do for you on this, the day of my parents' death? (laughs) Yeah. And everyone's like, where did you get this big office in the ship? It's actually Sumeragi's office. He's just in there. He just tricked her when she was uh, drunk into giving it to him. So now it's his office. I feel like Lock-On wouldn't actually trick somebody while they were drunk. Like, he seems more like the person of, it's like, if I'm going to outwit you and get you to give me something for free, I'm going to do it when you're sober. I don't think he's picky, but that's our different reads on Lockout. <laughs> well, he seems too caring from the stuff that we've seen in this episode to worry about that. I think it probably also depends on his person. Like, how much do I like you? If if I don't, then yeah, I'll hold his, I'll, everything's off the table. You know who would definitely trick someone while they're drunk, though? Tiaria? Haro. Well, that's because Haro's a duplicitous little bastard. I know. So we come back from the opening, and we think we're getting yet another, ah, here's the status quo, but actually we get new relevant information. It's been four months since Celestial Being started being. Which is a lot longer than I thought. Their interventions have exceeded six. I actually think there's a time skip here. I think so, yeah. Especially because we start with uh, them going back to the Ptolemaeus, and the uh, bridge bunnies are back on board the ship already. It's the return of our favorite handwritten signs. You don't get this in Gundam Wing because they don't animate crowds of protesters close up enough. Don't accept filthy activities of CB. CB crossed out. Force justice. justice. No, you're supposed to say freedom and justice. (laughs) 
CB for the world for the peace. Cheer the celestial being. So we find out that two of the three major nations, the AEU and the Union, have decided that they are only going to act against celestial being when they act in their territory. They're not going to seek them out. Yeah. But ever since the Moralia conflict, there hasn't been a single large-scale battle. So Celestial Being hasn't been doing very much in the way of wiping out entire regiments. I assume there's probably a lot of them just showing up and everyone being like, okay, sorry, we'll we'll knock it off. According to the narrator, who seems trustworthy, their uh, actions have reduced violence around the world. But resistance against oppression by force has not changed, or has not diminished. So there's still rebellions and stuff going on. Yep. But now, a secret plan is being undertaken by the only group left to challenge them, the Human Reform League. Indochina, Russia. Cut to Sergei Smirnov giving a Nazi speech to his subordinates about how they will defend the motherland and become the greatest nation ever once they steal a Gundam. Yeah, I like how his uh, reasoning is something, something, humanity profits from us capturing a Gundam. Well, it's because he thinks bringing everybody under the banner of his nation will let humanity advance in that way. Or at least he thinks his nation is the least dumb of the three. It's more the feeling I get off, Sergey. And uh, for a change, all four Gundams are actually in space right now. Yeah, we cut to the Exia doing a full landing sequence for once instead of a launch sequence. It's much cooler. So Setsuna gets out of the Exia, and Ian Vashti is already there waiting for him. And he's like, good job landing, Setsuna. And Setsuna's like, I will help you with maintenance. And he's like, nah, you have to go to your room and rest. Getting rest is part of a pilot's job, too. Give other people a chance to work. And he's like, but then I will have to go through Tiaria's hallway of shame. (laughs) And uh, cut to Lock-On's thing, and he's got Haro under his arm. And then an army of Haro's shows up. I believe we called them a misfortune of Haro's when there was a group of them. And then apparently, like, there, there are these, like, little robo things that a Haro just docks with <laughs> and begins roaming around in. It's pretty great. Cut to the bridge where it's casual Friday. <laughs> and Sumeragi is currently being forced to be sober. Does she ever actually sit in the chair in the way we see her in the opening? Because I think every time it's so- shown her so far, she's just been standing behind it. In combat. Yeah, in combat while she's wearing a full suit, yes. Hallelujah shows up on the bridge. He's like, so what are we going to do if we're attacked during our overhaul? And Sumeragi's, well, I'll curse God if that happens. And he's like, mm, don't like that our boss, the tactical forecaster, is the one saying that. Katsu sets in awkwardly passing Tiaria in his hall of judgment. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, participating in the uh, gravity only works in the way Gundam decides it works in any individual thing. I love how Setsuna uses the n- no gravity to go up to the door, then walks through the door as if there was gravity, then grabs onto the little, like, and person continues. mover again, and now there's no more gravity again. He's got very lightly magnetic shoes. Well, you see, Zach, they didn't want to animate multiple loading screens for doors, so all <laughs> doors have gravity. Cut to the Human Reform League, who are scattering probes all throughout their space space. You know, this is actually a relatively My smart plan. Space space. Yes. Because the idea is they're going to find, like, these communication cubes are going to find blank spots. Well, they're going to wait for them to go out, and then if a bunch go out together, it's probably a Gundam. I actually had this thought earlier on that because they block out communications, you could theoretically triangulate them. And I'm glad they're actually just doing that. Smirnov's subordinate is like, sir, are we going to actually catch the Gundams with this? And he's like, we better. We can't afford to do this often. I don't know if we is the Human Reform League or the Human Reform League Gundam Catchers Division. 
I don't know if this is using up all his budget or using up all of China's budget. I think this is just using up most of his budget. I think we called them the Gundam Busters at one point. No, no that's, that's Graham. That's, that, that's, oh, that's Graham. Graham. That's Eagle Graham Union. The Busters. Okay. He ain't afraid of no Gundams. He's not. Cut to school, where Saji has to write a paper on celestial beings' influence on the future of global conflict. A Which very is a topical great paper. Title. Do you think he? No, he, he definitely didn't pick this topic. He was assigned this topic. Yeah, because he's complaining about it. And him and Louise are sitting on the uh, the steps going into their school when another blonde woman shows up. A wild mother appears, and Louise is like, "Mom, mom!" Hugs, and Saji is like, "Mom." But apparently there are travel restrictions right now. And her mother's like, I missed you so much. And Lucy's like, yeah, how did you get here where I went far away from you <laughs> with all the travel restrictions? And she's like, I'm rich. That is basically her answer. And then she's like, who is this boy? He's like, oh, I'm sorry I told you about him. He's boyfriend. <laughs> and he, so he introduces himself. And she's like, well, thank you for taking care of my daughter, but mine, yoink. <laughs> but I'm taking this. I'm taking this daughter. She's so flat. Would you? Just, but you don't have to anymore. We're leaving. Yeah, that's how my mom would do it. I have real empathy for Luis in this scene. <laughs> this seems perilously like a situation that has happened to me before. And she is like, what are you doing, mom? Uh, and she's like, you, my only daughter, cannot be in Japan while celestial being bees. <laughs> so come along. And she's like, no, Saji, do something. Your lover is being taken away from you. <laughs> I love how she literally says that. Yeah. <laughs> to which mom is like, your lover? And Saji's like, wait, that's news to me. <laughs> I feel like I would remember that. And he, I love his response of, you're misunderstanding, mom. He's like, I didn't mean like that. I just don't know your name. And Luis is like, be more manly. And he's like, I can only do that if we're about to die. This is only socially awkward. This is not life in danger. Anyway, that's the end of Saji and Luis for this episode. Which is <laughs> kind of a shame because it's great. Meanwhile, Kinue is like, hey, remember that old guy I discovered four months ago, I guess? Maybe we should investigate him. Let me do a special report on the dude. And he's like, well, I heard all the national intelligence agencies just gave up on it. And you know how spies have to tell the news everything they're doing and all the information they found and can't lie. No, see, he has contacts in the FBI and CIA and NSA. Ah, in Japan? <laughs> yes. He knows Tiger Tanaka? Yes. And she's like, but I want to, Chief, please. And he's like, oh, okay, if you can get enough material for an hour-long special report in a month, I'll let you do it. And she's like, I'm a main character. Uh, this should be easy. Cut to the news, talking about how the United Nations is going to assist with Azetistan. This seems very newsworthy. Also, she she got back from Scotland. At some point. Yeah, we cut the Marina Ismail back from Scotland. In her, like, schoolgirl uniform again. And hey, Alejandro Corner, he's connected to Marina Ismail now. See? We even get his name here. If you don't remember his name, because it's never come up before, he's a guy who hangs out with ribbons and drinks and is like, <laughs> it's happened. It's time. Reaction. And is apparently a guy who already knows about uh, Celestial Being. Presumably is funny. Oh, you know what it is? Celestial Being is secretly being funded by the UN, so the UN can retake control of the globe. That makes sense, actually, yeah. I'll buy it. <laughs> So Marina's like, hey, thanks for coming to help, buddy. And he's like, yeah, this is what the UN is for. Unfortunately, the UN sucks and is powerless, so I don't know how much I can do. But yeah, at least I shut up. I feel like you're wrong about that. The UN was created to stop Russia. Well, it's been three or four hundred years. History's fuzzy on it. Cut to Bakthir, who's like, grumble, grumble, evil vizier. He can't possibly have come to help us. There's nothing here in return well, for him. on the one hand, it does make some sense. Like, why now? 
yeah, but I helped this nation. Like, that's good PR, at the very least, and he's a politician. But depending on the, cause like I said, I think there was a distance of time. Depending on the time between when she was running around asking everybody for help, why didn't they come up while she was doing her global tour? Cut to the bridge of the Ptolemaeus where Christina is working. Lichty comes in. Where I have to name these boys now. And he's like, hey, where'd Felt go? And Christina's like, she's not feeling well, so she went to see our private doctor that we have. So I got to work a double shift. It sucks. And so he's like, oh, I'll, I'll take over so you can go get something to eat. And so she immediately takes him up on it. And she's like, yeah, I knew these boobs would be useful for something. Thanks. And he's like, don't mention it. And she's like, too bad you're not really my type. And then the Gundam Battle Assault 2 shot down plays. <laughs> Poor Lichty. If he didn't have a chance already, he definitely won't by the end of this episode. <laughs> Cut the felt crying at space when Blockon just comes in and's like, sup, what you doing in here? Well, it's an observation deck. And he's like, oh, you're crying in here. Sorry. Fortunately, I am a relatively mature adult, so I can handle this. Oh, so? Vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> I love how it, it's, it's like actual rice, actual then presumably a meat thing. patty, and then just block a vegetable. Well, nobody likes them, so they just got through the taste and just gave you jello. If they thought, hey, if you think it's ve- uh, jello, maybe you'll like it. Cut to Christina eating lunch in the most awkward cafeteria of all as Tiaria and Setsuna are <laughs> judging each other over lunch. I-, I love how she's just like, I wish I wasn't eating right now with these two who are literally not speaking to anything. Go back to Licky. He's like, all right, the charge is up to 100% as the hey dumbass something's wrong alarm starts playing. On Felt's console. <laughs> we'll see it's on his as well. And we see the probes that uh, Human Reform League launched earlier are activating. Cut to Smirgov's subordinate, who's like, sir, it's happening. They're probably in there. Enough close together have triggered that it's probably them, and it's very close to us. Yeah, I like how surprised uh, this guy is that they're, like, right there. Well, I mean, it makes sense, because, like, they kind they just disappear when they, they pop up, and then they disappear, so it's like, where are they? So Sergei's like, scramble our mobile suits. And we see the Human Reform League's janky-ass mobile suit carriers taking off. I kind of like them because they seem like they'd be very functional in space, specifically. Yeah, but they are not like the Ptolemaeus, a space battleship. They are a bunch of freight containers that have mobile suits in them with a rocket slapped on the back. (laughs) Yep. And a cockpit. There's a bridge. Very practical. It's a standing bridge. So Mirnov calls Soma and is like, hey, how's your cool mobile suit? And she's like, I think it works. Should be good. And he's like, I hope. I don't want a repeat of the last time I took you out and you shot up our tower seems like we should test you again first but i guess we're not gonna have time and she's like i won't fuck up dad don't worry then they commence acceleration and fly away come back to lock on repeating exposition felt has just gave him about (laughs) how her parents were in celestial being can i just point out how bonkers felt's outfit is she has like the thigh high boots and then the elbow length gloves well and a yellow jumpsuit with purple shoulders and her gloves and boots are both gray yep I was thinking her hair looks really badly drawn in this episode. I think her hairstyle is fine, but in this episode in particular, there I'm like that. It seems like her hair goes into a void behind her neck and comes out <laughs> in pigtails. It, her outfit actually is a little bit weird because it's so different from literally everything else everybody is wearing all the time. It does look like she's trying to cosplay April O'Neil, but then re- didn't want anybody to know that, and so threw some purple on it. So she's like, "Yeah, my parents were both pilots of the second generation Gundams." And he's like, ah, so it's because of them that I have a cool Gundam. And so he's like, did, so did you get homesick? Is that why you're in here crying? 
And she's like, like, no, no they, this is the day they died. This is the anniversary of my parents' deaths. And he's like, what happened? She's like, I don't know. It's a celestial secret. <laughs> I just know they died. And Lockdown's like, well, we are all bound to confidentiality, so I don't know anything about anyone, as it's a gun that has been speculating. But it seems like they could have at least told you how your parents died. Maybe they could have told me if it was some sort of Gundam experiment. Maybe I need to know. Like, if these give me cancer, I'd like a heads up at least. <laughs> no, <laughs> That would be so anticlimactic. <laughs> no, they make you infertile. So Lock-On praises Felt for following in their footsteps and being strong. And, and is acting like older brother. Yeah, it's difficult to say how intimate this is, but he gives her like a head pat. I read it as cool, Uncle. Yeah. And he's like, anyway, I'm Neil. And she's like, what? He's like, my, my name is Neil Dylandy. I'm Irish, which is a little weird because you don't see me drinking. And yet Sumeragi's always drunk. Well, he left the country at a young age. He's like, my parents were killed by terrorists. So that's why I hate them. And I was like, yes, father, I shall become a gun. Oh, that's Setsuna. <laughs> Felt's like, why are you telling me? And he's like, well, I didn't think it'd be fair if you were the only one who shared. And she's like, ah, oh, you're so kind. He's like, yeah, but only to the ladies. <laughs> and then Alleluia pops up and he's like, uh, I guess I will leave the two of you alone. <laughs> He's like, hey, Lockon, what's, ooh, oh, it did not mean to interrupt, bye. Lockon's like, hey, it's not like that. And I felt also has a reaction that I don't know if it's like, oh, I hoped it was like that. Or if she's <laughs> like, oh, no, is this going to start a rumor? I'm not sure which one it is. I, I she think looks it's, more I, surprised than It, it looks more to the extent to me that it's like, oh, no, I hope this doesn't, this is going to start a rumor type of thing. So Christina comes up on the bridge and is like, oh, man, it was so awkward in there. I couldn't even taste my food. And Lecti's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, nothing. Looks at the giant flashing red alarm and is like, hey, wait a minute. No, but from what, from what it showed is it's only on Felt's side. It's not on his and it wasn't on hers because she's looking at it on Felt's side of the bridge. And she's like, you idiot. The enemy has detected us. Lack of eye catch. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to listen to our episode on G-Savior, which landed last Wednesday. Just a time for Thanksgiving in the U.S., and I guess, you know, just the end of November for everywhere else. That episode was sponsored by Slack in our Discord, who has since reported that he enjoyed our pain and suffering that went into making that episode. So if that sounds like your jam, then you should definitely go check it out. That's how the MI6 gives missions, right? Yeah. Anyway, back to the episode. We cut back and... The full crew is on the bridge trying to deal with this. Meisters are the standby. Yeah, all the pilots to their Gundams, but apparently they haven't finished running them all through maintenance. So like Dynamis doesn't have legs or armor. And uh, Sumeragi's like, "Damn it, that's the one I wanted." I, I feel like Sumeragi doesn't understand the point of a spacesuit because all of her hair is outside of the spacesuit. Well, well eventually she crams it into the helmet for both comfort and practical reasons. You would not want your hair caught in the helmet. So Felt and Lockon are leaving the observation deck, and he's like, hey, Felt, make sure you survive. And she gives a solemn nod. And we basically have her running over, like, what the Human Reform League's plan was if we hadn't already figured it out based on what they've already told us about it. And she's like, only the Human Reform League has enough money for this. And or could only they could reach this space space. So Sumeragi's like, hey, let's go to the orbital ring. There's a communications dead zone there naturally, so they won't be able to detect us by this. They'll know we're there, but... We don't have any guns anyway, so this is going to be tricky. So they launched the Curios in Virtue, and Sumeragi's like, yeah, they're going to go be decoys, partially. Felt shows up on the bridge to launch the Gundam boys. Only the Virtue, because the Curious is already gone. Yeah, but the Exion, though. Yeah, but they don't launch in the same way. They don't use the catapult. Ah, maybe you're right. 
<laughs> the Dynamis has had a kickstand installed. It's got a peg leg now. And a Haro cheer section. So Sergei's subordinate is like, sir, there are two more comm cutoff points headed right at us. And he's like, ah, the Gundam split up. And he basically outthinks the plane. He's like, all right, well, they're going to try and out outthink us. So we're going to send decoys to this side. We're, we're going to decoy their decoys. Yeah. They probably have a mothership that they're trying to draw us away from. So we will send decoys for them and faint back at them. I mean, it does stand to reason that they would have a mothership of some kind, given that they have to go somewhere to do maintenance. They could have a hangar, too. Just in France. <laughs> or, you know, on Gundam Meister Island. Well, we know they have a hangar there. So they launch all the mobile suits out of two of the ships and then send them to go meet the Gundams. It's a very good plan. They have all the mobile suits line up behind the other two cargo ships. Single file to hide their numbers. And this just reinforces that Sergei is the most competent character that we've been presented with so far. Cut back to the Ptolemaeus, where they have a visual on the enemy coming at them. And since the Ptolemaeus isn't actually armed, it's a bit of a tricky spot for them. I do feel like you should have armed the, your car- your carrier, at least. Even if it was just a pop gun. I mean, they've got gun. They have to have a Gundam on at all times, is probably the theory. And I don't know how many armed ships exist, right? We've seen the way the Human Reform League's carriers are, and they are a lot less advanced than the Ptolemaeus. There's some stuff about the fourth solar power war here that implies they have some space battleships. But I don't know if, like, armed spaceships are a thing in this setting. No, that's fair. But anyway, Sumerog is like, oh no, they actually took our bait. Well, I don't necessarily, it may not be even in talking about what happened in space. It could very well have been something that he did on the ground. True. So Sergei is like, ah, this, our enemy is good, but I'm better. Can we get a silhouette of the enemy ship? And like, only an AI enhanced one. He's like, yeah, that'll do. AI did a pretty good job. And even he's like, oh man, how much money do they have to have to have a spaceship like this? I'm in the military and I don't have a spaceship like this. Look at the crap that I have to deal with. That is a fancy ship. I'm basically flying a tube with an air compressor on it. And so Sumeragi, in more of a very fancy manner of saying my tactical forecast instead of here's the plan. Well, she's like, I will give you orders minute to minute. But he's pretty good because I was hoping that all four would come at us and then the Kyrios and Virtue could do a pincer. But he actually sent forces to meet them. I actually like the fact that because initially it's like, why are you so upset that he went to meet your decoys? Isn't that part of the plan? But then we get the explanation for why she really didn't want them to, you know, meet the decoys. And she even goes like, I'm pretty sure they probably deployed all their mobile suits. And so we're going to have our Gundams go blow up empty ships, which we see. And Tiara goes like, I wasted my giant overkill cannon on that. <laughs> and Alleluia is a little bit slower on the uptake and is like, wait, there wasn't anything on board? Sumeragi's like, I, I expect them to return in six minutes. So we have to last that long. And Lockhorn's like, what are you basing this on exactly? And he's like, 18 years ago, during the Fourth Solar Power War, this is what the wild bear of Russia, Sergei Smirnov, did. So now he's the most char-char of our shars, as he has a nickname. I do like that Sergei is like, don't get yourselves killed if you don't need to. Yeah, don't throw away your lives. And so then we, we see that the uh, Gundams can basically just be launched straight out of the containers, so why bother with the catapult deck? I assume the catapult gives them more momentum. Well, I mean, that would make sense, but why would you need that in space anyway? Because it seems like the Exia zips away pretty quick. Uh, I don't know, it might make a re-entry into the atmosphere easier. So the Dynamis sets up on its container to just be a rifle. 
I feel like the virtue would be really good for that, too. Yeah. I was actually thinking that when I was watching this episode. But, I mean, I know why you would send the virtue instead of the dynamis, because the dynamis is... Actually, thinking about it, the dynamis is more accurate, as well as not being completely put back together. The virtue is, you know, that old adage of, fuck you and everybody nearby, whereas the dynamis is, fuck you in particular. And while we don't know the specifics, we know Sumeragi had to change her plan because the dynamis was not fully repaired. Well, I presume that this is why she wanted the dynamis fully repaired anyways, because this was her plan to begin with, because of the accurate fire it can put out. Yeah. So they cut the power to everything but combat functions, I suppose. And this is where Christina's like, hey, are we gonna really going to fight? We don't have any weapons on the ship. And Lickie's like, yeah, but we got four Gundams. And she's like, only two. And uh, Simbarag is like, hey, cut the chatter. They're going to be here. We have to last 360 seconds. And then a, uh, di- a uh, little clock appears up in the top of her display. So she gives the order for Lockin to open fire, but he misses because the weight is different on his mobile suit with the armor off. And the leg missing. And so Haru's like, I'll, I'll do the adjustments. And Lockon's response is, there's no time for the computer to do yeah, this. Yeah, your computer is too slow. I will do it with my human brain. <laughs> it is a Haro. <laughs> Fair. It has all that extra processing taking up in its personality. So they have incoming missiles. Lock-on starts shooting them down. Setsuna does as well with his little sword gun. But there are too many, so they have to deploy the GN field. At least the ship has that. Christina is already crying, but the shield takes the missiles like a champ. She didn't really sign up for uh, combat, Combat, I don't feel. I feel like if, hey, there might be a terrorist organization that attacks us indiscriminatorily, it was on their radar, we might get attacked, also probably should have been yeah, on their radar. Yeah, but I don't necessarily think she believed that it would ever happen to her. So one of the empty ships is a route to ram the Ptolemaeus. Christina panics, but Lockon's got missiles and blow it up. It's actually a very cool scene of... It exploding from all the impacts. Yeah, they're like weird injection missiles because they open and then fire in. And so Sumeragi orders the redeploying of the GN field, but Christina is panicking. Yep. Which is, of course, making it worse. Because they get hit by debris from the ship, which rocks it. And she's like, oh, hurry back. You're my type, and I don't want to die a virgin. (laughs) (laughs) So Sumeragi barks her full name, but that doesn't get her out of it. But Felt saying, we're going to make it. Because it's felt. Yeah, because she's the quiet one, and she takes charge. And she's like, hey, we're all going to make it. I promise lock on. And Sumeragi's like, yeah, what the pink-haired girl said. We're going to be fine. Our Gundam Meisters are good at what they do. And what they do isn't very nice, bub. Uh, So anyway, they have brought a 300's worth of mobile suits. They blot (laughs) out the sun. It's 36, according to Setsuna. As lock on starts firing, but they got some moves and list around, dodging them. I do like how stiff they look movement-wise, although we've seen the Gundams move so well, it does seem weird that they can't hit them. It it seems a little weird here that he can't hit them, because we've seen him hitting basically everything else. So them having such an easy time of getting around, and the explanation of, oh, well, the the weight's off. It's like, well, he was hitting the missiles just fine, and those are a harder target. But there were a lot more of them. No, there are fewer missiles. There are only 20 missiles. There are 36 mobile suits. You've got an excellent point. The missiles were more densely packed. (laughs) So he's like, ah, they're in my blind spot. Can you turn the ship so I can shoot? Specifically turn the container. Yeah, I assume that just means rotate. Yeah, he's just rotating the container because they're below where he's aiming from. 
so we see them shooting with their little air rifles. I assume they are railguns of some sort, but the Ptolemaeus shield is fine holding out. The Exia slices one and two, but the others all start to retreat. And Setson is like, oh, if they're trying to lure me away, I can't follow them because then our defenses will collapse. So he starts shooting at them and then just falls back to the ship. Which is maybe the sound tactical decision. Especially when you have lock-on Stratos behind you. But he's having trouble locking on and firing. And so they're like, so the enemy looks like they got cold feet. And from this range, they cannot pierce our field. And Felt checks in on Christina, who is hugging herself. And she's like, ah, oh, the timer's almost clocked down. We'll be fine. And Sumeragi, like has this realization of this is all against standard doctrine for mobile suits attacking a ship. So apparently they, they did some kind of anti-ship combat. Yeah. And, oh, it's because they're trying to trap one of them. And she's like, oh, obviously they don't care about us. They want one of the Gundams. Which is all anyone wants. I fucked up. I promised I would never fuck up again. That is not how mistakes work, Sumeragi. It is an anime. <laughs> you, you can promise to not make the same mistake because you should learn from that, but making entirely new ones, it's nope. hard to avoid that. No mistake. The mistake she made was making a mistake, and she <laughs> swore to never make that same mistake of making a mistake again. So we see the Curios jetting back, and he's like, is like, hey, I can see them. Oh, what's this? I'm surrounded by mines. That's not great. It's not terrible. The Gundam can take them, but it's not great. And then we see they've left one of the ships here and a bunch of the Tauzis. Tyrans. Yes, that's, that's the, the Tauzi. Yeah. And a bunch of the Tyrans are deploying from it, including a pretty pink one. <laughs> and Alugu's like, ah, oh, my mobile suit is fine. Oh, God, headache. Why headache? Why migraine suddenly? Why did I not bring my mar- medical marijuana <laughs> with me on the mission in case I got this awful headache? I totally just got an image of his helmet just filled with smoke. Yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> It's like, I've only felt this pain one other time at the airport. <laughs> it's coming from the pink one. I hate the pink one. It's, anyway, it's got to be that one because it stands out. And he's like, wait a minute. I know you. And then we get a close up on Soma Pierce, who looks very nonplussed as Elia is shouting to himself, I know you. And Presumably that's because her helmet is blocking off the thing that made her go crazy last time. Yep. yep. They and- made upgrades to block out the quantum brainwaves. Or something. And that's the end of the episode. What did you think, Tyler? It was all right. I I actually got to, or enjoyed getting to see the uh, tactical battle between Sergei and Sumeragi. I think that was actually pretty interesting. Yeah, that's pretty good. It reminds me a lot of the slow Gundam Seed episodes we were talking about, where this is a pretty quick episode of our podcast, but this is all set up, and that's something that Double O has been really lacking. Yeah, all the ones that we've gotten before this have pretty much been uh, introduce problem and solve problem in the same episode. Or, this is the first one that has been spanned over two. I mean, it's not because the terrorist organization was spanned over two, but that was cliffhanger terrorism. Okay, we solved terrorism. Well, it, it was a cliffhanger, <laughs> but like it wasn't the entire episode yeah. was, oh no, terrorism. And then the next episode was dealing with terrorism. This time it is literally, here is the setup. You know, here's all this like slow side of things, and now the next episode is going to be the rest of this. How are they going to get out of this one? They are actually in a tactically disadvantageous situation. It's never happened before. The answer is probably a giant gun is going to show up, because we <laughs> hadn't seen where he was. So do you have a high point, Tyler? I think it's actually specifically going to be Lock-On and Felt's chat, because it's character development for both of them. Zach? I was actually going to say that same one, because it's the obvious place to go. But because you went with that one, I think I might have to give it to, uh, you know, kind of giving us more backstory for Sergei. You know, being like, he is this tactical 
And he uh, fought in the fort- maybe fourth great genius, solo war. But he is knowledgeable about tactics because up to this point, he's been like, yes, he is in charge. And yes, he fought Setsuna. And he is good dad to Soma. But that's all we really have seen. But having him get this reputation for being a tactical mind as well yeah, is kind of cool. Apparently, he developed the Smirnov maneuver. Yeah. People smart at tactics is hard to show. And it does a pretty good job of that. It is it is the Smirnov smear, Tyler. <laughs> What's your high point, Jeremy? The Sergei Surge. Mine is going to be felt like in the moment on the bridge where she gets everybody's attention. It's like, hey, we're going to make it. We're all going to be fine. But she takes charge. Yeah. I really like that bit. Tyler, do you have a low point? I think it's going to be Alleluia just going, do, 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 oh, no, mines. (laughs) Just (laughs) blindly flying into a minefield. How did he not detect those? Space mines ahead. Slippy didn't tell him. Zach, what's your low point? Uh, Watch out, Alleluia. I think I might have to go with the uh, whole Sumerag. I swore never to make another mistake again. That's not how mistakes work, lady. What's your so? What's your low point, Jeremy? Luis's mom reminding me of my mom. Oh yeah, I forgot that was in this episode. I forgot that was this episode too. <laughs> Do you have an MVP, Tyler? I think it might actually be Christina. Interesting. Mostly because I think that's like fairly telling of her nature and like. Oh no! It's again. A fairly decent character bit. Um, I like that she's upfront with Lichty about how he doesn't have a chance. Yeah, also that. Um, <laughs> she she was... Shot down in flames. She was interesting in several different ways this episode. So it's a tough choice, but I think I'm going to give it to her. She was the underdog, but I think she won the MVP for me. Zach? I think I have to give it to Felt. I was really uh, between Sergei and Felt. Um, but I think I have to give it to Felt on this one because while Sergei does a lot of cool stuff here, Felt has more of the character moments in this one. Cause, and it also helps get that character for a lock on at the same time. Like, we also find out his name and that he's Irish. <laughs> also, Sergei came up with one good idea one time and he's just reusing it. Come on, man. So, like, if it works, <laughs> use it. I'm also going to go with Felt. I'm a little surprised neither Sergei nor Sumeragi is getting one this week, but Felt, I think, is the emotional core of this episode. Sergei was actually my top choice, but I decided to give it to Christina because when is she ever going to get one? Well, Zach already gave her one. Oh, well, never mind. When is she ever going to get one again? A couple of episodes ago when she did the shopping spree, if I remember Oh, right. yeah, okay. <laughs> Christina and Felt are secretly the best characters. Do you want to add the space TRN? Do we think it's different enough, or do are we fine having one TRN? I, we will, I think, have to add the Towsy, but... It hasn't done anything yet, except to be pink. Well, I don't feel like the other, the space Tierans have really done anything either. They mostly, like, have a slightly different color scheme. That's their thing. Well, they also have, like, the the canisters on their legs and stuff, presumably for changing direction. I don't know that I feel a need to rank them separately. If they do, I feel the space Tierans look slightly clunkier and therefore go below, but... Okay, we don't have to. I just wanted to present it. If it it. comes up later where they do something special or they show off a different thing from the groundbound one, then yeah, let's let's go ahead and rank them. But for now, they haven't done anything that really shows me that they should be in a different spot. All right. Any other final thoughts on this episode? Like I said, I'm excited that we have Celestial being in a pickle for the first time instead of just effortlessly shooting people down. I'm happy to see that too, and I'm really happy that we've all that we're also getting one of those. Episodes that is actually spanning two slots. I actually liked this one fairly well. There was, like, a lot going on. Like Uh, Jeremy said, it compares really well to a lot of those uh, slow Gundam episodes. I I was specifically remembering, I mean, as weird as it is, the seed episode where Kira is talking to Kigali on the back of the Archangel when they're in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. All right. It's a Gundam will return in Operation Gundam Capture. 
Saji, come on, say something! Uh, what should I say? Your lover is being taken away from you! Her lover? Hey, when did that happen? Why, 